Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I'm Tanzi Vega, host of The Takeaway, and you're listening to Politics Brief from WNYC, bringing you the very best coverage of the 2018 elections. You'll hear segments from my show, as well as The Brian Lehrer Show, On the Media, and The New Yorker Radio Hour. Plus the work of the award-winning WNYC Newsroom, which is following all the local New York and New Jersey races. Welcome to Politics Brief from WNYC. It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning again, everyone. And more on the midterm elections now and possibly the closest House race in our listening area, New York's 19th District, where incumbent Republican Congressman John Faso is fighting to keep his seat from Democratic challenger Antonio Delgado. Now, this district <clears throat> includes parts of Columbia, Delaware, Green, Otsego, Schoharie, Sullivan, and Ulster counties, and parts of Broome, Dutchess, Montcom- Montgomery, and Rensselaer County. So this is part of the Hudson Valley, where people listen to us and up and around Albany in different ways and out into the Catskills a bit. The two candidates have debated a few times recently, Friday, Monday, last night, as the polls continue to show them neck and neck. So the outcome could have a big impact uh, on whether Democrats take control of the House in November. Joining us now to discuss the race and listen with us to a few clips from Faso and Delgado debating is Rachel Silberstein, staff writer for the Albany Times Union, who's following the race in District 19. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to WNYC. Thanks for coming on. Hi. Great to be here. Set the scene for us politically. How close is this race? It's very close. I think according to the last poll, which came out this week, it's they're one percentage point apart. Um, so it's very, very tight. Probably the most watched race in the entire uh, congressional race this season. And um, it's they're neck and neck. And they've, in addition to those three debates, they've been to numerous uh, candidate forums recently. So it's it's very close, and 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 it's it's going to be intense. Who won in the, the next couple days? Who won the district in the presidential election? Trump or Hillary Clinton? Trump. It, it's interesting. That's, I think, telling of how divided the district is. This is a district that voted for Obama and then Trump. So it, it's a very, I think it's almost evenly split between independents, Republicans, and Democrats. The, of course, our city and towns are, are very few, very liberal. And then there's, of course, a very large rural uh, part of the district, which has a lot of farmers, which tends to be more conservative. Which means this one's going to be so much about turnout and whether more of those Democrats or more of those Republicans in that divided district do turn out. So it's no wonder that Faso is emphasizing bipartisanship. He even turned a question in in one of these debates about whether Trump should be impeached into an answer about his bipartisanship. So here uh, is Faso after he said, no, the president should not be impeached, but then? There's no doubt that the president is a polarizing figure. Um, and what, that's what I've tried to do during my tenure in, in office is to work with the other side. So how much is FASO running on being acceptable to Democrats or independents in the district? And how much is he running to that base in a get-out-the-vote strategy? 
Um, I think his strategy is really to be, you know, I think the message, the refrain that we keep hearing from him is, I'm the 18th most bipartisan member of Congress, and I think that it's been effective. And I think having two years in Congress, he can also show that he has a record, and there are a lot of issues plaguing the district, and he can run on that record and say, look, I have a bill to address that. As he differentiated himself from Trump on the issues, like Trump calling himself a nationalist and calling this caravan of migrants an invasion? Is he for the, did he vote for the tax cuts? Is he for these tariffs? Does he differentiate himself on policy and, you know, the, the tone of who we are as a nation that has people so opposed to Trump in many other corners? I think in tone, he certainly differentiated him. I think his, his tone is, is much more um, um, civil, and he's, he's trying, to, uh, trying to represent both Democrats and Republicans. Um, but he is, is careful not to alienate those Trump supporters. There are a lot of Trump supporters in the district, and he will acknowledge that there are things that the Trump administration, you know, have done that is pleasing to a portion of the electorate. Now, here's a Trumpy seeming thing from supporters of FASO who have highlighted Delgado's outsiderness, quote unquote. Uh, obviously, he's got a Latino name, Delgado, and there have been attack ads that have focused on his brief rap career. Here's one of those 30 second attack ads. Meet New York City liberal Antonio Delgado. Before moving upstate to run for Congress as Pelosi's candidate, Delgado was an L.A. rapper called A.D. The Voice. Profane lyrics, offensive and sexist. Like you have sex to a Worse, Delgado laced his lyrics with extremist attacks on American values. God bless our rap. Antonio Delgado can't be our voice in Congress. Congressional Leadership Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. So here's a clip of Faso from one of the debates now, distancing himself from that kind of racially charged ad, but not. Those are not my ads. Those ads are provocative, no doubt. Uh, those ads, however, are provocative, and Mr. Delgado's words are provocative in terms of what he said about women, about law enforcement, about our founding fathers. So do some fact-checking for us, Rachel. Uh, first of all, is it true that Faso had nothing to do with those ads? Well, I mean, they're sent out by the Republican Congressional Committee, so who, which supports Faso. Um, so he may not have sponsored the ads, and I, uh, but he has also stopped short of condemning the ads, right? Um, he said they're provocative, <laughs> like that, uh, he, he was, he's been pressed on it in the last couple days at debates, and he, he basically, you know, repeated that uh, defense that, you know, it's provocative, just like Delgado's words were provocative. And what about Delgado's defense of those provocative words? has been steering the conversation in a forward direction, basically saying, let's move on. Um, what he has going for him is the ads have been widely condemned as racist. Many uh, outlets have pulled them from the air. From the air and um, so I, I think he's, he's actually, they're 10 years old. He says it's from a time in his life when he had something to say. He wanted to convey a political message, a social justice message through them, and that's sort of his explanation. Another line of attack against Delgado is that he's not really from the district. We heard the first words of that um, 
and calling him a New York City liberal. And here is Faso on whether Delgado is authentically um, uh, a representative of that upstate district. You know, I know the gentleman grew up in Schenectady, but he spent his entire adult life out of the district. The next time he votes for Congress will be the very first time he's ever voted for Congress in this district. And, you know, it's true. I did grow up on Long Island. My mother insisted that I be with her down there. I wanted to be born upstate, but she insisted I be on Long Island with her. So that's really the end of the story in that regard. Uh, (laughs) Did he just neutralize his own argument there? Yeah, um, I think that that was in response to a a comment from Delgado that he was, you know, I may not be from the district, but I was born on Long Island. And and you got to remember that while Delgado wasn't technically in the district, he did grow up in Schenectady, which is very close. It's just a very odd-shaped district line, um, which happens to cut out Schenectady, where he's from. Um, But it's not that he is from the capital region, um, which, uh, you know, is included in, in districting. And health care is something that Delgado is bringing up uh, here on uh, on the campaign trail. And here's a clip from one of the debates in uh, which um, he supports uh, Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act, AHCA. The fact is this. If you voted for the American Health Care Act, which is what the congressman did, you voted to gut guaranteed protections for pre-existing conditions. Oh, actually, correction on my part. He wasn't talking about Obamacare. He was talking about a Republican-sponsored health care act, which Delgado says would cut uh, protections or gut protections for pre-existing conditions. Uh, Would it actually do that? Uh, He, well, I guess it's debatable. I think there were some very substantive conversations during the debates that sort of uh, explained their actual positions on it. I think voters have been bombarded with ads, conflicting information um, on the airwaves about what each other's, what FASO and Delgado's positions are in healthcare. FASO, the AHCA would not necessarily, basically, it turns it back to the states. So certain protections would become the, the state's choice. Um, and, you know, FASO's argument is New York wouldn't sell back the protections. So they, they, um, you know, many people would still be protected. Um, but what would happen is people with pre-existing conditions, there wouldn't be l- limits on their health care costs. Insurers can, could charge them more for those conditions. We, we are just about out of time. As a Times Union reporter covering this district, um, how much do you think voters are going to choose between these two in this very swing district based on who they are as individuals? rather than a nationalized campaign of, you know, kind of whether they support Trump or are horrified by Trump? I think uh, personality goes a long way, and, and it's about, you know, connecting to the voters. And I, I've gotten to follow both of them on the campaign trail, and both of them seem to have, like, a very, you know, a message that really um, speaks to voters. And um, I think, you know, I think it's a com- some combination of the two, so... Rachel Silberstein, staff writer for the Albany Times Union, who's following the race in District 19, possibly the closest house race in our listening area. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to wnyc.org slash election.